Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Hello, everyone. My name is Sylvain Brisbois. I'm a Senior Vice President, National Sales Manager with BMO Private Wealth. Today, I'm pleased to welcome back Brian Belsky, BMO's Chief Investment Strategist. Brian, last time we spoke, which was seemingly just a few days ago, we were in an irrational, emotion-led market. I think we can both agree today that things have changed significantly, so let's talk a little bit about that. On March 23rd, I think we hit a recent bottom. My question for you is, will that turn out to be the bottom here? Have we put a bottom in place? Well, thanks, Phil, for having us. And, yeah, we really do think that that's the bottom. We've been in print saying that. And we also said that unprecedented downside, we believe, is going to be met with unprecedented upside. You know, markets were dealing with something that we've never had to deal with before. And in an age, in a society, in an investment world, that we just always want to have the information at our fingertips. We always want to be in a situation where we can figure something out, analyze something, and then model something. We are all trying to be amateur epidemiologists and doctors and talk about the virus and talk about the curve and talk about the peak. We didn't know what was coming our way, and we believe during that period, especially the week leading up to March 23rd, there was a lot of irrational, emotional-based selling, especially based on the conversations that we were having with our clients around the world. And when we wrote our piece on on March 23rd and we talked about uh, the unprecedented upside, we received a, a lot of negative comments about that because people were still scared. And, and by and large, people are, are, are still scared. And uh, fear really should not be driving an investment process. It should be discipline and analysis. And so we really do believe that March 23rd low will be the low in the market. And as you said, things have begun to turn more positive, not just more positive still, but more, let's call it normal, as the market internals begin to turn more towards stocks and the economy and fundamentals and things like that and away from just looking at the virus. Well, we certainly like, to, certainly like the word normal around here. Uh, that's, uh, that's fantastic to hear. Now, let's uh, shift gears a little bit, speak about the consumer. Can you give us a sense of what the consumer is going to look like coming out of this? Well, I think that's the big question, and speaking of normal, people want to use this label, the new normal. I think it's pretty clear to say that we don't know yet what the consumer looks like, but we would never bet against the consumer and the wherewithal of the North American consumer, 70% of the economy in the United States clearly is driven by consumption. And I think a lot of people forget that a lot of Canadian companies in terms of the consumer space really are driven toward what happens in growth in the United States. So I would never bet against the wherewithal of the consumer. We as humans like to be out. We'd like to be together. We are We'd like to be in packs, and most of all, we'd love to spend money. And I still believe that the consumer in Canada has $100 in their pocket, but they're just spending it differently. They may be spending $100 on Amazon or Shopify. Uh, they might be spending $60 on Amazon and Shopify, $30 at Canadian Tire, and 10 at some sort of a cute boutique in the Summerhill area of Toronto, something like that. But they're still spending money. They can't wait to get out and spend money and be together. Now, does that mean they're going to be in packed restaurants or at ball games or at hockey games? You know, that remains to be seen. We still think that we're acting irrational right now, saying that we're not going to be at those events or not going to be spending money 
to me, it's very reminiscent still to what happened after 9-11, that we're never going to fly airplanes again. Well, I, for one, was on an airplane the second day that the skies were opened after 9-11. So I, maybe I'm a little bit different. But, again, I think this being uh, really forced to be alone, we're not meant to be alone. And although the shelter in place and the social distancing clearly has done wonders with respect to the virus and flattening the curve with respect to the economy, but more importantly, I think, what's happened to us mentally and emotionally, we have this pent-up demand that we believe is actually going to be spent and people are going to go out and want to be together and spend money together. Again, I think it's going to look different, and there's going to be different companies that benefit from that. We don't know exactly what that looks like, but we believe the North American consumer is going to continue to spend. Fantastic. Now, one area that they're going to be spending a little bit less, at least if we can look at the current environment, is is at the gas station. And so, Recently, we've talked a little bit more about uh, OPEC and the actions uh, that they've done. What, what does it all mean for the oil and the Canadian uh, market specifically? Well, I think so many people have focused on the negative with respect to what's happening with oil. Let's put a positive spin on it. You know, OPEC and what they've done in terms of production cuts have actually put a floor in now, and Canadian companies uh, don't have to worry about the, the, the price of oil dropping so much. Remember, you have two kind of constituencies in Canada, Western Canadian Select and WTI. Uh, and there's different kind of production costs to both of those. Uh, we continue to believe that Canadian energy companies and oil companies are much better positioned than uh, our neighbors to the south in the United States, principally because uh, Can- uh, I'm sorry, U.S. companies need a higher price of WTI to actually make money. I think people have forgotten uh, through this process still that the, the U.S. energy sector, the percentage of the S&P 500 dropped below 3% for the first time ever. Never seen that. Uh, and there's a lot more energy companies in the United States that are, again, that are really dependent on that higher oil price. And so we believe that Canadian management companies, these, these people that are running these companies, the CEOs, CFOs, the chief operating officers, um, are much more adept at, at managing these companies at a lower price. That's kind of number one. Now, here's another spin. Lower oil prices, and as you said, lower prices at the gas pump, are actually an additional, let's call it tax break to the consumer, going back to the consumer. So, again, they have more money in their pocket to go out and spend money, and we think they're going to, or at least uh, savings rates will go up, just like they did after the, the Great Recession in 08, 09. And so there's a, just a little bit more money to pad that pocketbook. Excellent. And uh, we can't speak about Canadian energy without Speaking about the loonie, uh, loonie's been holding relatively well here against the U.S. currency lately. Is that um, well? Can you comment on that? Yeah, over the last couple of weeks, the loonie's actually done quite well. Uh, and even on days when the market's been down, the loonie's been up. I think partially, number one, it has to do uh, with how oil solidified. But number two, in our firm belief, is that assets are coming back to North America. If you kind of take a look at the entire world on a whiteboard and you, you kind of discern where you want to be from an equity, credit, and bond um, exposure. You, do you want to be in Europe right now with respect to the growth rates there? And remember, uh, Europe's number one trading partner is emerging markets. And, of course, China is a big part of that. And with the volatility surrounding China and emerging markets, do you want to be in those areas? Well, we think that's why uh, this whole notion and this longer-term theme that we talked about in our year-ahead piece for 2020 for both Canada and the United States in terms of DDA, dollar-denominated assets. We believe those assets are coming back to North America, 
And that is why on this rally from the lows, the TSX, the proper index for Canadian stocks, has actually kept pace with the United States. And I think that's part of rotation back to North America, that being the United States and Canada together. Okay, you've touched on, on this point a little bit, but I'll let me expand on, on that question. Uh, I'm going to ask you about the, the Canadian market um, with the rally, the Canadian market relative to the U.S. rally, but more specifically, and I'm not sure whether this is a fair question or not, but if you had $1 to invest today, is it going into Canada or is it going into the U.S.? Of course, it's not a fair question because we don't know people's, people's uh, risk limits and things like that But in, in time frame, but I would say this. Canadian, most Canadians don't like to hear this, but as America goes, so goes Canada. Why don't, why don't most Americans like to hear that? Because I think from a pride basis and how we feel about our country in Canada that we believe that we need to see oil and gold go up to have a really successful Canadian market. Well, just to use last year, 2019, as an example, oil was basically in a trading range, if not lower, most of the year. Gold was kind of flat, but the Canadian stock market was up more than 20%. And so Canadian market fortunes are tied to the United States. So if I was looking over the next 12 months, I would say I want to be squarely more in the United States versus Canada. Let's say something to the tune of 60, 40 uh, U.S. over Canada, or even 70, 30. However, from a longer-term perspective, and as we wrote on March 23rd, we really think that Canada over the next three to five years, maybe later in that, so four or five years from now, will really begin to benefit from global synchronized growth and strengthen commodities and the like. And we think Canada has a very good chance to regain uh, leadership over the United States, but longer down the line, like five plus years down the line. But right now, given the fact of strength in the largest economy in the world, the United States and Canada ties to that, we want to be on a near-term basis, let's say, over the next 12 to 18 months more centered toward the United States. Interesting. And fast forward now for a moment, five years from today, and as we are past this, presumably things have got back to normal. Um, when we look back at 2020, what will we say about the government's responses and, and, the, and the consumer and the investors in general? What, we, what will we have learned? Well, on the investor side, I'll go in reverse order. On the investor side, I think this has been a study in behavioral science and behavioral psychology and how how fear and international uh, thinking has been driving things. We've been so focused on the virus and it kind of took our eye off the ball with respect to coming back to the United States and focusing so much on the negative. I think on this whole notion of making these uh, depression-type analysis on a quarterly basis, on a near-term basis, we're going to go back and look at the lockdown and, and the terrible economic um, implications of, of not spending money on a quarterly basis, but it was one quarter. Uh, and then we re and then we recovered from that. I think that's what we're going to remember from the government response and from the monetary response uh, from our central banks. We're going to say that did not create the bottom, but it, it reinforced the bottom. But it, it added fuel to what would become later in 2020 into 2021. Excellent. Well, as always, uh, Brian, thank you so much for your insight. We appreciate you shedding some light uh, on what's happening today in this in this environment. I've got no doubt that we will be speaking again as things are in a constant state of flux. Um, as our clients who are listening in today, please be in regular contact with your advisor. The key to success is ongoing communication, and it's incumbent upon all of us to keep talking and sharing perspectives uh, as we work through uh, all of this together. I'd like to say that this is a marathon and not a sprint, and we are going to be in it for the long run with you. Above all, stay well. Take good care of yourselves. Thank you so much, Brian, and thank you, everybody, for listening today. 
This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.